Welcome to another episode on Regulatory Radio, where we discuss a variety of regulatory topics. In today's episode on European centralised, decentralised and mutual recognition procedures, we'll explore in a bit more detail some key concepts that were discussed in episode one. And you might want to give that a listen too if you missed it. I'm Mick Lamble, Head of Regulatory Affairs at Freya, and I'll be your host for this episode. Today we're accompanied again by our guest speaker, Gabriel Boronat, Director of Regulatory Information Management Strategy at Freya, and we'll discuss some points connected with our previous episode. Welcome back, Gabriel. How are you? Hello, Mick. I'm doing great. So, Gabriel, today we're talking about the European Regulatory Procedures for Marketing Authorizations. As we know from our previous episode, the centralised procedure is one of the routes available for product approval and obtaining marketing authorizations within the European Union. Let's start with an overview of how the centralised procedure fits into the European Medicines Regulatory Network. A good place to start, Mick. Um, one of the many benefits of the EU is harmonisation of their internal market, including the market for pharmaceuticals. For the purposes of marketing authorisation under the centralised procedure, we can say that European member states have effectively pooled their sovereignty for approvals. It's the role of the European Medicines Agency, the EMA, to coordinate the scientific resources of the member states to work together for the mutual benefits under the centralised procedure. Can the EMA be thought of as performing an equivalent role to that of a national competent authority? Not really. They aren't a competent authority who are able to grant approvals. Their function is not intended to replace NCAs, but to act as a partner in the system providing interoperability and coordinating the interface between participants, industry, scientific experts, patients and the NCAs. Okay, thanks. That's clear. Remember that a key objective of the centralised procedure is to ensure that the approach to medicines regulation is consistent and harmonised across the whole EU. One application leads to one evaluation, leading to one authorisation that is valid in all 27 EU member states, plus Iceland, Norway and Liechtenstein. And because of the particular impact of Brexit on the United Kingdom, a central authorisation would also be valid in Northern Ireland, at least for now. Along with regulatory consistency and harmonisation, I also understand that there are benefits as well for patients and clinicians. Correct. The centralised procedure also generates a single set of product information for healthcare professionals and patients. Uh, that's public assessment reports, summaries of product characteristics, information leaflets. These are all published in the official EU languages. So the EMA acts as the focal point for the centralised authorisation procedure. One application, one evaluation, leading to one EU-wide authorisation. And remember, the centralised procedure covers marketing authorisation only. It does not include pricing or reimbursement issues. These remain matters for member states to negotiate and consider within their own healthcare systems. So are all medicinal products eligible to apply for the centralised procedure? Nope, it's not open to all products. For example, it's not designed for old or, or established products with established indications. Um, it's a very simple level. It's not for aspirin for headaches. However, it may be open to established products as a result of innovation, perhaps for new indications or an older drug in a new delivery system. So it sounds like some products are obliged to follow this procedure. Is that right? Yes, that's right. To be super technical about it, eligibility is defined in European legislation. Articles 3 and annexed to the Regulation 726-2004, which also set down the official procedures for the authorization and supervision of medicinal products for human and veterinary use. 
Therefore, centralized procedure is compulsory for medicinal products containing a new active substance intended for the treatment of any of these therapeutic areas or indications. Um, so that's HIV or AIDS, um, cancer, diabetes, neurodegenerative diseases, autoimmune and other immune dysfunctions, um, viral diseases, medicines derived from biotech processes such as genetic engineering, advanced therapy medicines, that, that includes gene therapies, somatic cell therapy, tissue engineered medicines, orphan medicines, that's those for rare diseases affecting not more than five in 10,000 of the European population, and also any veteran medicines that are used as growth or yield enhancers. Okay, thanks for clarifying that. But are there any other points to be aware of? For example, is access to the centralised procedure still an option for other types of product? Well, beyond products that meet the mandatory criteria, the centralised procedure also remains an available route to marketing authorisation for new active substances that perhaps weren't authorised within the EU on the date that the regulation came into force. That was back in March 2004. Um, medicinal products that provide significant therapeutic, scientific or technical innovation, or those which can deliver significant benefits to patients across the EU. It can be for generics of a reference product that's already been authorised in the EU, and also medicines for paediatric indications. So how does this compare to decentralised procedures, and how do they work within the EU system? The main national decentralised procedure, abbreviated to DCP, provides a pathway to national marketing authorizations that are applicable within one or more member states. The basic principle is that one EU member state will lead on the scientific and regulatory review. They're known as the reference member state, the RMS, and other member states can tag along and be added to the same procedure as concerned member states, or CMS. Does this mean that sponsors must first submit to the RMS and then submit subsequently to each CMS as the procedure develops? No, for this kind of DCP, parallel submissions are made to both the RMS and the CMSs at the same time. It's the RMS who performs the full scientific and regulatory assessment. The peer review system is supported by experts from the CMSs. And we also have mutual recognition procedures to consider as well. Yeah, mutual recognition procedures, abbreviated to MRPs, can apply when a product is authorised already in one or more EU member states with a national authorization. And then the sponsor or marketing authorization holder wants to expand that authorization for the same product into other additional member states. Once approval from one EU NCA that's been designated the reference member state, the RMS, they're responsible for performing the scientific and regulatory assessment of the marketing authorization application. The output is a national authorization from the RMS, which is applicable in that country only. But then, up to 25 other NCAs can join the procedure as concerned member states, CMS, and then mutually recognise the outcome of that first NCA's assessment. Okay, that certainly clarifies things for me and provides a good point to conclude the discussion, I think. Thanks for your time today, Gabriel. It was certainly very interesting. Thanks, Mick. And just to round off today's conversation, I've put some helpful links in the notes for this episode on the different European regulatory procedures. We'll have more topics lined up for discussion in future, so look out for more episodes on the EMRN overview.